Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, yes. picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Deflected yes. in the air, Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And it's championship weekend here. So I thought no one better <laughs> to come join the 20 in the Huddle podcast than the last time the Lions were in the NFC yeah, championship wow. game. You were manning yeah. that left tackle spot. I have all There's this. A few more grays. A There's more a few more grays there. But nobody <laughs> more perfect to invite in to talk about the key matchups, which we'll get to in a minute. But, but Loam... You've been through this. You, you've dealt with this. How is this week different? I, I, I know you try to keep it the same. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan Campbell did a press conference on Wednesday, and there was a new backdrop. That's yeah. that NFC Championship game. Like, yeah. there are more people here. Yes. You fought to find a parking spot in Allen Park because yeah. of the media people that are here this week. Just how's the week different? Oh, it's it's totally different. And like you said, you try to keep it the same, but there's no way you can keep it the same. And Dan has gone through it. We lost a Super Bowl together, so he knows how this week is going to be. And it's crazy. Like you say, the media attention that's brought to, the, to uh, everything. Every little thing now is under a microscope. Every little thing. People are digging, trying to find find out about these guys, their families, their backgrounds. You know, they're looking for this story. They, and it's on every player. So everything gets magnified. And like you say, even getting your, your uh, ring finger measured. They've done that. Either they've done <laughs> wow. that or they're doing it this week. Um, and that's another type of excitement, a whole nother level that it takes everything to. So it's you try to keep it the same, but it's no way you can. Is it hard to not let your mind wander the, the what if? What if what if we go there? What if we play? What if we get the I'm, Super Bowl? You know what I mean? And everything that comes with that. I you mean, know, you know what? Reflecting back, I really didn't. I, I don't remember thinking that way going into that game. But I remember when we finally clinched it. Oh, my God. The, the emotions were just overwhelming because it finally sunk in that I'm going to a Super Bowl, yeah. to the Super Bowl, to the pinnacle. We will be going there. And I think with these guys, yeah, I don't think it's sunk in yet. I really don't. They just playing. They're in yeah. the moment. They're just moving, and that's how the coaching staff is. That's how Dan and these guys are, man. But it'll hit them. They take care of business. And it's gonna hit all of us. Yeah, TT, you know, it's gonna they, hit all yes, of us for yes. sure. It's good that it's a road game. I mean, you obviously want to be at home, but maybe some of the distractions that come with being at home, family, everything else. Once Friday comes, it's about this team, this coaching staff. They're on the road, us versus them. Can that help? Think about them. Think about if it was a home game now. Think about the frenzy that's already going on here. Think about how it would be. I mean, I think it would be tenfold right now if we had a NFC championship game, which we won't. We want to see how that feels. But if we had it this year, I, I just think the frenzy would just be overwhelming. So, yes, I think it gives us a chance to sit back, us against the world mentality, sit back and just concentrate. You don't have any of the outside distractions because if you were here, talk radio, this, that, you got so much going on. Yeah. People asking Family. for tickets. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be a lot going on. All right, let's get to the key matchup. Let's get to this opponent because Loam, it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, they've been the team. They're, they're with Philadelphia before they dropped off the, right. end of the end of the year. That, that, that was considered the team to go through yeah. and now here it is and you got to go to their place and i think one of the fun matchups another reason why i want uh wanted you on this week is because i think some of those key matchups are going to be in the trenches yeah. where where you know i think your expertise is going to be great the first one to me is is penne sewell versus nick bosa yeah. i mean that is an elite matchup and you know one of the things that that you got to love about penne is that Every time this year he stepped up to the challenge, whether it's Max Crosby, Denell Hunter, Micah Parsons, it hasn't mattered. One sack he's allowed all year playing every snap. Long. I, know. I mean, just what impresses you 
about Penay and what do you like about this matchup? So the thing that it really impresses me is how young he is and how high of a level he's playing at right now, TT. This is unbelievable. I just try to reflect back to I was 22, 23 years old, and I knew I wasn't playing at this high level. I know I was getting to that point, but I wasn't there mm. yet. And he's already there at a higher level than I think I was at this point. And that's what's impressive to me. And then he plays with this nasty streak, man. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah. he He's relentless out there on the field when he's blocking guys. And the other thing, he's so damn athletic. I mean, they could do so many things with him, man. And, you know, you dream about that. As a lineman, you dream about a coach putting you in position to where you can make a key block out there in space and this wide receiver takes it for a touchdown. Or you can lead the running back outside on the sweep and hit the guy and he could take it into the end zone. Those are things that linemen that we dream about being able to do. So for a coach to put him in position like Ben Johnson so he can be able to do that and just show off all this talents, man, it's nice. It's really nice. And he's proven to be the best. And he's going up against the best. Like you say, Nick Bosa, he he is good, man. Yeah. Wait, jo- yeah, yeah, it's Nick, yeah, not yeah, Joey. Yeah. I, I forgot about you, the you Bosa's. Can get him, yeah. But, yeah, but he's good. And the good thing is Panay has faced them, not this year, but he has faced them mm-hmm. once. So, he did, you know, he kind of had knows a little history. Yeah. I think that's important, not being the first time that you faced this guy. And I do think that Bosa flips a lot. So he's going to see equal time probably with Chase Young, which I think is another type of rush. That's the thing about it, TT. You can study for this guy right here, you know, all game long, but you know – and you have to know as offensive lineman, at a point, it's going to be a different guy that rushes totally different yeah. over here. And they're two totally different rushes, so you have to be ready for that. You approach the week studying for all, all the potential you guys. You do. Yes, you do. Even if you don't see it on film, you take a glance at you know mm-hmm. the guy over there, even if he hadn't played over you because – Again, you this NLC yeah. championship game, these coaches are going to bring in wrinkles, and that's what is going to be a little strategy, a little chess going on all throughout the game, too. That'll be a fun matchup. Yes, that's all pro man. versus all yes, pro right man. there. And, yes. and Penny's just stepped up to, to, to the plate every single time, 23 years yes. old, and already arguably – the best tackle in Absolutely. Football. Yeah, I mean, Whew. really, man. And like I say, I, I call them guys, all them guys, my step, uh, my firstborns <laughs> because I feel like a proud pop out there. And I, I think we're good, not just our tackles. Taylor, too. Taylor's going to yeah. have his hands full with Chase Young, but I expect Taylor to win that matchup there. The only place I'm kind of worried about is in the middle because of, you know, an injured Frank. You yeah. know, hobbled Frank. And no Jonah, and probably. And no Jonah. There yeah. you go. That's what Eric scares Garf's me Eric has been doing most. this for a long time. They got Absolutely. some guys on the interior that and are really good, too. we know that inside-up pressure on Jared that kind of causes him to – so, yes. All right, let's flip it over to the other side. Let's stay with offensive line and defensive line. But, boy, Aiden Hutchinson's playing some pretty yes. darn good football right now. Loam, and he's going against Colton McKivitz, who's, you know, been in this league for a little while. Yeah, fourth uh, year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, nine sacks allowed, 52 pressures. So, you know, obviously when you're on the other side of Williams, you know, you're the guy teams are going to attack. Because yes. to your point about, um, you know, Young and Bosa flipping sides, you know, you might see – um, if you know an opportunity over on the right side to to, to get you know m- more pressure, yeah. that's where Hutchinson lines up mostly. So I think this is the matchup we're going to see a lot. But what do you like about Aiden Hutchinson and, and that ma- that matchup in Lone? What have you specifically seen over the last month that that's really seen this explosion with Hutchinson's yeah. production? So definitely, we know the effort. We always know that the effort is going to be there. This dude doesn't stop. I mean, I'd be up on the seventh floor watching him. And even if he gets stopped in this pass rush, you know, and he may not have a counter move, which he's still kind of working on because right now you know what the counter move is going to be, the spin Spin. move. Everybody should know that now. So, TT, so you see how that's going to get harder and harder for him to be able to do that because everybody knows that. So that's why as a defensive end you have to keep developing moves and keep adding on to your game because this league is all about adjusting. And I'm quite sure that San Francisco's offensive line uh, coaches preaching to uh, the right tackle. Yeah, Colton McKivitz. Uh, yeah, McKivitz that, look, 
This guy's going to spin. If you stop him on his initial move, you have to be ready for the spin move or you have to sit back and not lean against him because when you lean against him, and I know that's when Aiden feels that pressure of an offensive lineman leaning against him, that's, that's when, when he goes moves. into that spin move. So, again, he's going to have to keep evolving. But, man, I'm telling you, I love his effort because he outworks guys right now. And he's still – I mean, we're talking about a young guy, so he's still going to develop all these things. I'm talking about that he has to develop. And you look at he's going against this fourth-year guy uh, from San Francisco who I don't think he, he he gets lazy with his feet at times. He'll get the initial on you, but then all of a sudden throughout that pass protection, he's going to kind of stop his feet or get lazy with mm. his feet. And that's, that's when I the think when, yeah, there you go. Aiden should be able to take advantage of that. So through film study, he'll see that and know that he should be able to take advantage of this young man over there they got a beast on the other side i don't know what that is <laughs> i don't know what that is on the other side you just leave that alone you just send your sacrificial lambs over there to him because that's Trent's all been doing it for a long oh time my God, man that, that I, I mean to me if it wasn't for trent I think you could say Panay is probably the best tackle in yeah, football. Yeah, no good point. Right there, those two. Yeah. I think Trent, man, right? You know, he, he has the experience over Panay right now. That big fella there, <laughs> man, he, he's a monster, TT. <laughs> Excuse me. Eight, uh, eight sacks over his last four games, 18 quarterback hits. That's production. Absolutely. And you've seen the rushes and the pressures all year, but you didn't necessarily see till the end there it result in sacks. Yeah. Now you're getting both, and that's the best of both worlds for Detroit's defense, and I think it's a big reason why you've seen that defense you know, play the way they have over the last month and holding teams down because of some of the pressure and, and speeding up the clock that, that Aiden's been a big key part of. So exactly. So, so TT, so this I see Shanahan and them looking at this matchup. So, okay, I got Trent Williams, the best tackle in the league over here. I could leave him one-on-one matched up against anyway. So what we'll do is all week long, we'll slide the protection to Aiden Hutchinson or to McKivitz. We'll slide the protection to him. So my right guard, anytime I post a guy, you know, even if a guy's inside on me, I don't look inside. I look outside to see if my tackle needs help. You know, with Aiden, because again, you could leave Trent on that island by itself. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So look for that little subtle adjustment for them to uh, slide. Now, if we could get a win over here versus Trent, that would be excellent right That's there. just icing on the cake, oh, right? Oh, my God. That would be great. <laughs> All right. Let's get to a little skill position here because there's a lot of good skill position weapons in this game yeah. on both sides of the football. And let's start with Jameer Gibbs, the Detroit Lions running back rookie who is coming off a sensational performance in the divisional round. Fred, excuse me, Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in the league. And and he covers sideline to sideline. He's one of the best in coverage as well. And I think that'll be a very interesting matchup if those two get matched up in space on each other. Can Gibbs make that guy miss like he did with Winfield last week? Can it lead to a big play? Can he find a little bit of separation when he's matched up with Warner? Warner's been their guy, yeah. and he's been doing it at a high, high level for a long time. You, you've got to think that he's going to have his eye on Jameer Gibbs a lot, and he's going to try to contain that. Yeah, man. so TT, so I expect probably more of Jameer than maybe being the slot. Maybe Ben has him out wide so he could kind of get that matchup. A lot of times when you guess have the back, the back in the eye position right behind the quarterback, right, the linebacker's in his comfort zone because he's right in the middle, so he's waiting. I think Ben kind of moves him out a little bit more, hmm. so you make Fred kind of move out a little bit more, kind of out of his comfort zone, even yeah. though he's a great linebacker, like you say, dude can cover no matter where you at but that's it's just that little element of trying to get them out of their comfort zone so maybe he does a little bit more like that maybe he does a little bit more where we try to attack the perimeter mm-hmm. with uh Jameer a lot more again making Fred try to run sideline to sideline we know how he likes to pursue but like you say I guy could stick his foot in the dirt and make a cut make a guy miss and he could take it so those little things like that instead of just having 
having them in the traditional eye and using them that way. I'm thinking that Ben Johnson, I'm thinking sure. that that coaching staff might do that a little bit more. Maybe you see David Montgomery more in that eye, that traditional uh, position and therefore you pounding them more with a David between the tackles. But that's going to be interesting to see. Could you see, see. The, both running backs maybe play I, a little that, bit more you know at what? the same that, time too? Because then you put them in a tough spot go. where they've got to make there a decision on what they want to do with Fred. Like do they trust a safety with Jameer in space? So the, And then you put that on Greenlaw. Because one yeah. of my other matchups was I thought David Montgomery versus – no, I'm sorry. That was with the tight end. Yeah. That's who I got Greenlaw yeah. maybe matching up with Laporta. Laporta. I was thinking about that, how they're going to match up with Sam. Right. And you're right. That would be nice if you had Sam and you had both backs on the field – that really puts them in the conundrum. So, yeah, I like that, TT. Hey, look, let's go up to Ben's <laughs> office. Should we wander yeah, over? Yeah. Take some notes here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's questioning Jameer Gibbs is the number 12 pick anymore, huh? No. Oh, my goodness, man. Remember how Brad got beat up? <laughs> they beat Brad up about that. And, and it, it did kind of raise a few eyebrows. Sure. It really did, especially how the running back position has been just really diminished. But, man, I'm telling you, I was talking to the little big fella, Barry, and he was when we were talking, he was up there in the booth one game, and I said, B, man, just think if you were in the offense where you just got passes and were able to get out in space more. Cause we never did a lot of those things that Ben Johnson has did with yeah. Jameer. We never did a lot of that. The most you would see is maybe a screen pass to Barry, but slotting him out and doing things like that, man, all he said, man, it would have been a dream. It would have been a dream, TT. And they got a pretty darn good running back over on the other side as well. And I think a key matchup, kind of like we talk about with with Warner and Gibbs, is is Anzalone and yeah. McCaffrey. And, and look, we highlight Anzalone because he's kind of that that commander of the, of the front seven. But really, it's going to take all the that's right in the front seven. That's right. And this isn't a matchup, Angelo Miss against McCaffrey. It's really a matchup, McCaffrey versus Detroit's front seven because they will run and they'll run for two hundred yards on you, and they'll be happy to do it. Absolutely. But they'll also do a lot of those things. He's so dynamic in the passing game. They'll put him in the slot. And now Aaron Glenn's going to have to figure yeah. out how they want to do that matchup. Yeah. But the same thing that we talked about with Gibbs, you know, motioning him, getting him out wide. Yeah putting him in the slot, having screens yep. for him. They do a lot of that. Tackling Loam, to me, is going to be huge. It starts with Anzalone and, and really trickles down to all fronts. And I'll say this, TT, that's who we dream Jameer to be. That's, yeah. that, that's who that's who we – uh, that's who we say. That's the Jermaine. pinnacle. Exactly Watch right. That right there. And it that's looks like a, he's trending exactly that way. Exactly yeah, right, yeah. TT. So all those things you said about how they utilize him, you're exactly right. And you're right. It's going to be a tall order. And it's going to be, like you say, by committee. And you know who I think is going to get a lot more in that committee is going to be Derek Barnes. Mm. I think Derek show, especially that pick, beautiful pick with the coverage. I think he's shown the coaches that, because think about it, Kerry Kittles too. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, George. The, George, George Kittle, I'm sorry, yeah. George Kittle, the uh, the uh, tight end. Yeah. Again, another problem that we're going to have to deal with. So I think you see Derek Barnes get incorporated in a yeah. little bit more into that. But you're right, Alex, our green dot guy, he's going to have his hands full with that guy. Decipher. Yeah, know where exactly everybody's at. right. Yeah. And you know with Coach Shanahan, man, they like to use a lot of misdirection. They like to use a lot of motion to kind of determine. So that kind of helps Brock Purdy out determine man zone, you know, just little different things. And I think the other thing is going to be important is how we time up our blitzes. Mm. So as you know, this TT over the last couple of weeks, you know, our A-gap blitzes with our linebackers haven't been really getting there. You see Aaron Glenn's exactly been coming with yeah. the wide But blitz. it takes a little longer. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And they <laughs> So they pick those up. So, you know, again, teams do their film study, so they've been able to pick that up. Like you say, not Aaron is sending those guys off there. The great thing about coming off the edge is what we did was – we timed it up well. See, if a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, that's where a good quarterback, 
he would have kind of slowed this count up a little bit, mm -hmm. especially when you see these when guys see timing coming. up. The first time you seen it there, it wouldn't have happened again with a good quarterback because a good quarterback kind of would have put something in the cadence mm -hmm. to kind of slow it up to make those guys commit or jump off sides. But that's being young. You know what I'm saying? Those are things that you learn. Those are things that I learned throughout all the years of playing with some of the quarterbacks I played with. But it's going to be important to disguise it and be able to time those blitzes up. And I think hopefully with Alex and them being in coverage with CMC, uh, Kittle. George Kittles, and those we'll guys. We'll see about Debo, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. You know, they're a lot alike. Their offense and our offense, when I look at it, just from the skill position, yep. right? With Debo and a St. Brown. Yep. The tight ends, obviously, the running backs yes. playing really well. Yes. Two quarterbacks that like to be in the pocket are accurate. Some stars up front along the offensive line. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between these yep. two offenses. Do you think it helps Detroit's defense at all that they played L.A. that first round? Because they do a lot of that motions Absolutely. And, and stuff and and you had to work on the timing of the of your blitzes against a quarterback in Matthew who's seen it a exactly. little bit more so I think maybe to your point about you know all the the, the pre-snap stuff and the motions and getting them I think it was good to see LA and go through that already in one playoff game because now you've got great film on, on what we do how we treat that and if there were any mishaps you can clean that up because Absolutely. you've seen it already just two weeks ago. Absolutely and just a little subtle adjustments Aaron Glenn has made it's been brilliant man I mean he's been pushing the right buttons man even with some of his zone drops when the drop Aiden you know when the rush guy so he's been he's been doing it all and it's been great to see all right last matchup we got let's do Amon Ross St. Brown versus their talented cornerback and hopefully I say this uh name right Demont Diamador Lenore. Lenore. Yeah. I know Lenore. Lenore. I can, get, I can help Dinamador. you with that. Yeah. He, <laughs> look, he's playing some pretty good yes. football. I mean, you look at the statistics with them. He's third in, in on their team in tackles. And on that defense, that's saying something. Yes. That's a nickel cornerback that doesn't mind stepping up, playing the run, a lot like a young guy that we have here yep. in, in Brian Branch. Only one touchdown against all season long. He's pretty good. He fits exactly what they are there, but – Look, it's Amon Ross St. Brown, and, yeah. and there's Ooh. it's hard for one guy to cover him. What do you think the 49ers do? What's the difficulty planning for Amon Ross St. Brown? Do you think they just go one-on-one -on -one with Lenore, or do you think it's by committee? How, how would you approach a guy who's so dynamic, who's such a good route, route runner, and who consistently week after week after week is going to get you seven, eight, nine, ten catches? Yeah. So let me get on the soapbox first. <laughs> Because Brian Branch got robbed. How he's not on the all-rookie team. Yeah. I mean, but even though it's some good guys, the cornerbacks, <laughs> I was looking at that last night. But, man, he had a phenomenal year. But, T.T., uh, I think what you have to do is you're going to have to give up something with our offense. <clears throat> and I think that's what teams are going to um, – have done, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think San Francisco, they're going to have to give up something, and I think it's going to be Amin Ra having a big game. I think what you do is because he hadn't really hurt us, the hurt teams in the end zone, not as much. I mean, he's doing this job and he's doing great, but he hadn't killed teams in the end zone. So I think what they do, they're they're going to let him get his nine, ten catches for 140 yards, maybe one touchdown. I think they could live with that. I think if they could feel they could shut down everything else, Sam, Jameer, you know, put pressure on Jared. I think that's where San Francisco, to me, I think that's where Steve Wilkes will kind of have to focus at. I don't think you can stop yeah. him. I don't know how you stop him. You would have to dedicate a safety. You'd have to dedicate some help to him because I don't think Lenore can do it one-on-one. No. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But, but no one else has really it, proven to do it. Exactly. And so now you take a safety, something else. Now you give up maybe something over the top exactly with James. Exactly You right. have a little more room for Sam Laporta. And I think first and foremost, they're going to want to stop that run. Yeah. They it, know that they have they to. They have to, TT. You yeah. exactly. Because they know everything comes off the run. And that gets us going. You're right about that. But, yeah, I think you give up something. Like you say, J-Mo, you don't want to give up, give up a big play. So you want to sit back on him. I wouldn't want to give that up. Like I say, Sam Laporta, he could kill you down the hashes all game long. And he's great outside of yeah. the hashes how we use him. Okay, I need to stop that. 
I can give up Amon Ra. He's going to get you the clutch third downs. Yeah. He may keep the ball moving down there, but you, I, can, I think they're going to try to play how we play, the bend, don't break. Yeah. You know, give up the yardage, but don't give up the scores. I think that's what they have to look at doing. But they know a big play across the top with J-Mo, that can kill you right out the back. A big run with uh, Jameer Gibbs can kill you right off the bat. He's almost like pick your poison with uh with uh Amon Ra. Yeah. I mean it's it's little things, it's little slashes that he'll give you rather than the real big cut. Well, and to your point too, just look at what some of the wide receivers have done against the Lions over the last month. And it hasn't led to wins. Exactly. You know, Dallas, you can say there's maybe an asterisk yeah. around that one. But <laughs> they've given up yards and yeah. touchdowns to receivers, but they've been really good in the red zone, to your point. Maybe you change up the coverage on Amon Ra in, in the red zone a little bit. Right, maybe then right. you think to double because now you don't have to worry about somebody going over the top. Things are tighter. So, no, I think it's a great point by you. We'll see how it plays out. Loam, it's championship week. Oh, man. That's T-T. fun. TT, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> just to be able to say Lions – four quarters away from the Super Bowl. We're in the NFC Championship game, man. That's sweet music, man. I'm telling all this alumni, man, I don't talk to a whole bunch of them, man. Man, they so proud of this team, man, and what they're doing, man. It's just, and like I say, we get the trickle down the face. Oh my God, the big fella's in demand now. So I'm like, man, I love it. Keep winning, fellas, keep winning. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, If they win this game, I think you have to come on with me next week. We're penciling in right now, Peach. Get it it's locked in. Loam, I appreciate you Absolutely, taking the time. Great TT. analysis as always. And boy, let's hope we're doing this for a couple more weeks. I know. That would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast, and I am very happy to welcome in Lindsay Polaris. She does a great job as the team reporter for the San Francisco 49ers. Lindsay, thanks for joining me. I appreciate a big week. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I feel like the intensity is heating up as we get closer to the big game on Sunday. Well, now look, you're used to this, all right? This is your third stray. You've been around the block. This is something we're kind of getting used to here in Detroit, but I can tell you it's a, it's a whole lot of fun. The city is obviously, um, you know, behind this team 100%. Uh, you probably, from watching a game, could have caught what the atmosphere was like um, in Ford Field along this run. So, look, it, it, it should be a, a fun game on Sunday. Lindsay, let, let's start with this. Debo Samuel, uh, you know, obviously a big story over there right now. Any updates on his injury status? Left that game after, I think, only nine plays against the Packers. Didn't come back. It's a shoulder injury. What's the latest on Debo? Yeah, so exactly what you said. Nine total snaps in that divisional round. From what we know right now, what we've been told, there is no fracture to Debo Samuel's shoulder. He did not practice Wednesday. Um, He's still experiencing some soreness. Availability still very much up in the air, um, but has not been ruled out as of now. Obviously, a big factor for the 49ers, and they are hoping that he will be ready for game time, but it's very much stay tuned. What's your gut? You've been around him. You know, you've kind of seen him. What, what, what's your gut? 3.30 rolls around on Sunday. Yeah. Do you see 19 strapped up? Could he maybe be on a pitch count? You know, maybe a certain packages? What, what, what you, what's your gut feeling? You know, I think everyone is trying to put their best foot forward for this game, obviously. And, you know, both teams knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. I would like to see Debo Samuel out there. I know the entire fan base, and we heard Brock Purdy mention it today as well. If you're asking anybody, yes, we would love to see Debo Samuel out there, but it's really going to come down to a health decision. So I think we'll know a little bit more later in the week. All right, the 49ers, everyone has expected the 49ers to be at this point right now. Um, But a little bit of a scare last week. Had to win and come from behind fashion. The weather wasn't great um, last week in in, in San Francisco. But what do you think that team learned about themselves in, in, in a game like that? Yeah, you know, I think that linebacker Fred Warner really said it best, and he said it very early in the season, that this team needed to have a really grimy come-from-behind win, and that's exactly what the divisional round was, right? So the 49ers really took control of that game right around that six-minute mark, especially after trailing most of that second half, and then you just saw Brock Purdy do exactly what he does best. He really just zoned in, laser-focused, very accurate, efficient, went six of seven on that last drive, 
Christian McCaffrey brought it home. They took the lead and then a game ceiling interception from linebacker Dre Greenlaw. You saw both sides really just come together and get it done. And I do think that is just like another tool in the tool belt for the 49ers, right? They are known for their hot starts. And this is kind of all that was left to get under their belt before they continue on this postseason run. So I think that they learned that they can win in any fashion, you know, with Debo Samuel out, with the rain coming down, feeling a little off in that first half of the game. So I think it was just a perfect culmination of everybody coming together at the tail end of the fourth quarter, getting it done, punching their ticket to their fourth NFC championship in five seasons. Winning a grimy game. I like that. I like that. And it's right, too. You're, you're going to have to win um, some games like that. When I look at these two teams, you, offensively, I, I see two teams that are very similar. Um, you know, obviously getting really good quarterback play right now. They both have a dynamic playmaker at wide receiver. Really good running back. Detroit's got two of them. Uh, you know, a, a guy outside um, that can get down the field, make plays down the field. Defensively, I think that's where the edge is with San Francisco. You look at some of their stars, and especially Especially with their front seven and some of the guys they have in the secondary. But when you've been talking to, to, to 49ers, what, what, what's been the, the, the common theme when asked about Detroit, when asked about the opponent? What, what, are, what are, is Shanahan and some of these players expecting to see from, from this Detroit team on Sunday? You know, I think there is certainly no underestimation happening here in the Bay Area. I will definitely say that. Um, I think that this Detroit Lions team has made leaps and bounds uh, in, you know, since the last time these two teams met in that 2021 season opener, that was Dan Campbell's first game as a head coach. That was his first game with Jared Goff as his quarterback. Um, You know, they're expecting a high powered offense. Um, Definitely expecting uh, some very gutsy, aggressive play calling from Dan Campbell. We've seen that time and time again from the Lions. Um, Head coach Kyle Shanahan said that that doesn't really change the game planning on the 49ers side, but it's something to be aware of that Dan Campbell will take a risky play call because the upside is always really big, right? But um, in those situations, the 49ers are looking to take advantage of of those opportunities when they come. Um, Defensively, they know that they're going to have to be on their A game. I mean, I'm certain, you know, there's, you know, from Jameer Gibbs to, you know, and Aiden Hutchinson, there are playmakers on every side of the ball. Jared Goff is playing lights out. Um, I think that they're very aware of the top tier opponent that is coming to the Bay Area on Sunday. All right. Who is maybe a a 49er player? And I asked this of of a lot of the guests, maybe somebody who's not one of those Pro Bowl guys, right? And you guys got nine of them. So I mean, (laughs) who's that guy? Maybe that that isn't that guy that that could have an impact on the game that maybe Lions fans don't know, but can can make that play or have that impact that that maybe changes the game and, and Lions fans should watch out for. Um, You know, I think two of the people that come to mind and one of them may not start, but someone to be on the lookout for is rookie safety Jair Brown. He actually did not get the start at the starting spot um, in this divisional round game. He did start during the regular season in relief of all pro safety Talanoa Hufanga. He just has a nose for the ball. Um, Head coach Kyle Shanahan said he ended last week's practice very strong. There's a chance he sees more playing time in this game and certainly an addition to the secondary that is someone to look out for. Um, I believe he had an inter- He almost had two interceptions in one game at the tail end of the regular season. Absolutely can be a difference maker. Um, and you may see him coming in depending on the defensive packages. Um, and then there's, you know, veteran defensive lineman, Eric Armstead. Uh, he yeah. missed seven games during the regular season just because of separate foot and knee injuries. Um, but he has been back and has not missed a practice since coming back um, during, I believe, the bye week. Um, and he had a really good game, came out of that divisional round better than expected, played more than expected. Um, and he's such a critical part of that interior part of the defensive line. So certainly someone to look out for. He's going to play a big role in terms of the 49ers run defense so those are the two names that come to mind immediately 
Yeah, and that could be an interesting matchup too. With you know Frank Ragnow's dealing with an ankle now on top of his knee and his back and his toe, and they won't have Jonah Jackson, their starting left guard, uh, Detroit. So that interior um, pass defense, that front seven for San Francisco is really, really good. That can be a great matchup in this one. I, what do you see as as maybe the big matchup for for San Francisco in this one? What is the one thing they have to do if they're going to make it to their first um, you know Super Bowl in in, in in a few years? Um, you know, I think there's a couple things. I do think that just with the Lions being such a high-scoring first-quarter offense, that really big stop on the defensive side of the ball early is really going to set the tone. And I think that's something that San Francisco is known for. I think it's very possible we see that. Um, I think that's going to really help set the tone. And then you just talk about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he is really – the heart and soul of this offense. Um, There's one of my favorite stats that I've seen coming out of this week because they're just flying everywhere is that the 49ers are 11 and one in 2023 when he picks up 75 yards on the ground. And that is something that, you know, Lions fans should expect. Um, He's had a ton of success, obviously on the ground. He's the NFL rushing yards leader. Um, So I really think that he is the key. If they can get the ground game going, that really opens up the pass game. Um, and then you see that San Francisco high powered offense that really just like works in tandem with each other. So I think those those are going to be the two keys, but we'll see how it all plays out on Sunday. No, the latter is definitely an important one because Dan Campbell talked about that on Wednesday, too. And he said, look, number one for us is stopping the run, is stopping McCaffrey. And Detroit's been pretty good. Number two rush defense in the league this year. Um, and he said, look, they'll run for 200, 250 yards if you let them. And they'll be just content with not throwing the ball one time and just handing it to McCaffrey. So that's definitely job number one for this Detroit Lions team. And this defense is stopping McCaffrey and that run game. That'll be an interesting matchup, as will a ton of matches in this one it should be fun with the quick real quick weather report no rain are we avoiding the rain is it good what's what's, so what's the weather in santa clara we had, sunday we had buckets coming down today so that means we should be good sunday as of the last time i checked my phone because i have been checking it quite often it's <laughs> going to be almost 70 degrees a little cloudy but no precipitation so i mean i'm good with it <laughs> I like it. Let them just settle in on the field, right, with with, with great conditions. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. You do a great job with everything down there, San Francisco and the 49ers, and uh, it, it should be a, a fun one. Thanks for joining the 20 Mill Huddle Podcast. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast. I have a very special guest this week. A lot of Lions fans might remember him. I just thought he was in Detroit a couple weeks ago. He's familiar with this matchup. He obviously knows this team. He really needs no introduction. He is Golden Tate. Golden, thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, man. I'm so happy to be on and be back in the uh, with, with you guys. And, man, I cannot wait <laughs> until Sunday. I mean, I keep pinching myself like I'm gonna wake up, but no, this is this is reality right now, and I'm loving it. Dude, you you played here, you know what this city's all about, right? And and can you just feel it from afar? Can can you just see it? I mean, just what what, what does this mean to the city? What does this mean to a fan base? Because you know them really really well. You know, Tim, I, I don't know if you can really quite put it into words what this means for the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan. Um, and obviously the Ford family and the, the entire organization, like what what we are experiencing is what we've been hoping to get a taste of for a long, long time. The last time we won a playoff game was what, back in 91? Yeah. I mean, we've got like, what, six or seven wild card losses. So getting put out the first round and like you, you think about the history behind the team and the, all the amazing players that have come and gone through the organization, you're like, you scratch your head, like, how is this even possible? Um, so for it to be our reality right now, and right now we're making believers out of everyone, and that's special. So uh, I'm so happy for the city to get to get a chance to experience two playoff games, but not only that, two wins. And the place was just eroding <laughs> with in- energy for the one game that I came to. 
Yeah, you were at the wild card game. And look, you played in Seattle. Uh, the 12s can get pretty loud, right? I mean, that's a good atmosphere out there. But what was that scene like in the wild card? I mean, they were chanting Jared Goff's name. They were in the seats, Golden, I mean, 45 minutes before kickoff. Like, you talked about it. They've been so hungry for this. And it was loud. It was exciting. I mean, was that one of the better atmospheres you've ever been a part of in this league? And you've played in some pretty good places. Without a doubt, uh, like you said, uh, Seattle's environment is spectacular. But what what one pride brought that day that I got the experience, I had to step back and just look around like, oh, my <laughs> goodness, this is spectacular. I mean, it was like everybody had gotten a great night uh, of sleep and was ready to just absolutely lose their voices that that game and everyone put it all out on the line, the players, the coaches, the staff, um, Dan Miller. I mean, everybody just brought the heat and it was such a great game um, coming down to the wire. And it was like, we finally got over that hump. Um, Now on to the next and we come, we come back again and handle business against the Buccaneers who have been playing some really good football. Yeah, but look, you look at you look at that roster that we have, um, especially on offense, because obviously I'm offensive bias. But you look at that roster we have, wow, you know you got rookies that we draft that are that are just best in class. You got JG who's showing up, balling out week in and week out. You got St. Brown that's all world. Uh, you got a you got a offensive lineman group that you know a lot of those. I played with Graham, I played with T, uh, Decker, I played with uh, Ragnall, and like. Those are vet, full-blown veteran-type guys now. And so it's it's just all it's all working out, and it's all coming to fruition what everyone believed and thought, and it's, it's just it's fun. The arm survived wild card. I know you were down there for the shirt toss. I know you're, you're a heck of a baseball player here. The, the arm was still in shape. Wow, how far did you get one up? Did you get second oh, yeah. level? I, look, <laughs> I knew I knew the coaches and the players were gonna give it our all. So throwing t-shirts, I gave it my all. I didn't, you know, blow rotator cuff or tear a peg, but I was absolutely trying to get it up to row thirty for sure. I love it. I, I love the fact that you, that you mentioned St. Brown because you know, obviously, you, a position that you played at a high level in this league for a long, long time, and. Um, when you look at at St. Brown and the success that he's had so early in his career and the consistency golden that he's shown over the, the over the last 3 seasons what impresses you the most about um Amon Ross St. Brown why is he just proven to be such a difficult cover in this league well one i think Ben Johnson does a phenomenal job at just finding ways to get him open and it it absolutely helps when you have um a run game the way the Lions do along with yeah. some other all world players. But besides that, I mean, this guy can absolutely play. He's got grit. Um, he's got strong hands. He completely knows how to get open and manipulate defenses and coverages. And he's, he's just very reliable. Um, one of the routes that stuck out to me just even last week, it was like third and long, but it was a, a very crucial time. I think he caught it before the sticks Yep. Uh, being tackled back towards his our line of scrimmage, and he forced his way to get that first down, which turned out, in my opinion, kind of locked up the game. And so just seeing, like, the pure grit and want that he has is special. I mean, in my opinion, he's much better than, you know, I was when I was there. Wow, that's saying a lot because you did a lot of really good things uh, here, Golden. Look, you've been in this position before. You've won a Super Bowl. Um, so when you get to this spot, when when you're you've won a couple games, and and now the pressure ratchets up, right? Now you're in the championship game. What is what's the the, the makeup? What's the key um, to maybe putting all that aside and just sticking with what got you to this point? Is it harder than some might think, or what was the key for 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 you guys in 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 when you guys made that run, when you were in Seattle, won, won the Super Bowl? Well, the one quote that comes to mind that Pete just kind of instilled in us is like, just don't make things up. Like what you've been doing this entire season is good enough. Um, you got to this point because of the work that you put in, um, the sleep that you've, you know, you've gotten, what you put in your body. So let's not make anything up. Um, the other quote, uh, that st- stands out to me is like every time you step on that field is a championship opportunity. 
And if you treat every walkthrough, every preseason game, um, every obviously game, every time you step on the field or do anything football related as a, as if it's a championship moment, when you get to that moment, you don't have to get up or get down. You've, you've been trained to do that. Now, obviously it's easier said than done. And this is a whole different animal that we're dealing with an organization, a town that just practically has never won. And so it's, it's a new feeling and we're still trying to figure out how to maneuver around it. But as far as the players um, and the coaches, just continue to do what you've been doing. Like you're on this team, you're the best in the league and made it this far for a reason. And just stay with this, trust the process. Now, this is going to require uh, everybody, both teams, to be hyper focused. I mean, that is, there's so much on the line, obviously, yeah. with with the, the game after this one. But that one doesn't matter. Next week doesn't matter if you don't handle business this week. And so, hopefully, um, our guys are not even thinking about um, two weeks from now. Hopefully, our fans aren't even thinking about two weeks from now. We're thinking about the most important task that's on our plate, and that's handling business in the NFC Championship. I want you to put I want you to put your analyst hat on a little bit. What do you think of the keys, um, maybe for 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 both sides, but it's particularly Detroit to 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 walk out of Santa Clara on on Sunday afternoon and, and head to their first Super Bowl. In my opinion, uh, we're going to need a very strong game from our defense. We're going to yeah. need Big Hutch to get some pressure on Purdy. We're going to need him to really make Purdy uncomfortable, no doubt. Secondly, I think we got to, I don't know what the status of Debo is, um, but we have to keep him in check. Obviously, last week they didn't have Debo for most of, this, most of the game, and we saw that they were not the same team. Right. Um, and, and, and really the biggest one, I would say, is just play fundamentally sound football. Like they have a bunch of guys who are playmakers, who are just looking for that one bad angle that one missed tackle that they could turn a three-yard game into an explosive play and potentially a touchdown. So if we can limit those things, I think we have a really, really good chance at, um, you know, winning this game. And last one for me, Golden Golden Tate, um, terrific NFL receiver for for a number of years in uh, Seattle and obviously here in Detroit, joining me for uh, a big championship weekend. The organization welcomed guys like yourself back for that wild card game. Uh, you see it, you know, Glover was back. Uh, Calvin's been back. Just uh, what does it mean to you to, to, to be a part of um, an organization that, that welcomes you guys back, that wants you to still be involved? We, we joked, but you guys were doing the T-shirts and you were on the field pregame. What is it like for a former f- player to, to still feel a part of an organization? And when I was talking with you before this and even when you started it, it almost feels like you're on this run too. Uh, you're, not, you're not part of the, of the team anymore, but I, it sounds to me like the team is making you feel part of it. How much of that do you appreciate? Uh I can't even put in the words how much I appreciated it. Um, like coming back was kind of bittersweet because I'm relatively new into retirement. And certainly this is the first time I've been back to Detroit since retiring. And and what was at stake was, was, in, was incredible. Uh, but to see like guys like Levy and GQ and Rob Sims, Calvin Johnson, Tulla, uh, it, it brought back a bunch of amazing memories. And it reminded me like, it made me feel like we had built a foundation for these guys because we felt like we were a part of it. Now we didn't achieve nearly what these guys are achieving now, but what we did some way, somehow is playing a part in the success of the Detroit Lions now. And so it, it was an honor to come back and represent the Detroit Lions and be recognized by the fans and, and all the love that they showed us. And it felt I mean, it felt so good because when you go into retirement, you know, a lot of people deal with, you know, football's been my identity for so long. People like me because right. of football. They, you know, don't like me for football, whatever it may be. And so you can't help but to think, okay, now I'm not playing football anymore. Will I be forgotten? Will people still remember me? But, you know, guys, you know, we did our part. You know, we we performed on the field. We gave back to, to the community. Um, we didn't We didn't win the division, unfortunately. But uh, to feel that appreciation when we come back is like, wow, like we're not forgotten. In fact, we are a part of this run. 
Yeah, there's a lot of former players that I've talked to. Lomas Brown was on the the broadcast too, and and he was saying um, the, the the same thing that it just feels like the organization is making everybody feel a part of this, and it's great because it's been a fun ride. The city is uh, electric right now, Golden. Uh, I know you will be watching Sunday with eager anticipation. I love the footballs behind you, by the way. The Lions love. Thank you so much for joining me. Great insight as always. You were always one of my favorite guys to talk to uh, when you were here. Uh, uh, you, you, you do it all the right way on the field and with the media. Uh, I appreciate you so much and enjoy Sunday, man. It should be a fun one. Let's go, baby. Woo. <laughs> Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast, and I am very happy to welcome in the hero of the divisional round, <laughs> your big smile, Derek Barnes, linebacker. Obviously, the biggest play of the game, the huge interception. There's lots of plays yeah, that, no, that sure. made yeah, that. Yeah, but 100%. what was that feeling like when Calvin Shepard comes over and he says, yo, we're going to the NFC Championship game because of you, because of that play? I was, that's, you know, for somebody to say that to you, you know, it's an honor. You know, especially speaking from the fact where our team came from, um, you know, three years ago, um, you know, Started off a little slow, you know, our, our my rookie year, and then you know, kind of picked things up going into my second year, uh, and then everything just coming full circle this year. Um, you know, Coach Shep is a, a guy that you know I admire. Uh, his passion and love for this game is is, is crazy. I mean, he has taught me a lot, uh, put me in positions to to be successful, and uh, you can just tell by you know from my previous two years to now just how my game has elevated, and he's a huge aspect of that. So. Uh, you know, just to just to see that love come from him um, after that play is amazing, and, and you know that's what we do it for. And you know, it's it's yeah, I do it for you know the guys in our room, obviously Detroit uh, and, and for Coach Shep though. So Shep, I appreciate him. Yeah, Shep's a friend of the podcast. We had him on uh, what was it, about a year ago. Yeah, and he was one of the best ones yeah, we've done. Just 100%. sitting there talking ball, you know. I mean, sure. you can imagine yeah. just talking about guys and ball it was it was one of the best ones uh we've done but Derek take me through that play a little bit just kind of what you saw what your responsibility was and then obviously to extend dive and make that play yeah first interception of your career man couldn't have come at a more at a a more important time yeah I know that's right um yeah so I mean honestly it's like always tell myself is don't go out the rails to do something you know, that caused the team trying to be the superhero. Uh, really just doing my job. Um, you know, we emphasize on uh, packing the seams, uh, depending on you know, what the coverage was, especially those where we were playing and kind of the two players that was dropping, you know, near the hash. So I kind of, it was kind of just a, something just told me like, okay, like what what, what does the tight end want to do? Uh, you, I kind of just told their whole offense when I seen the tight end kind of trying to bend it behind me. I was like, okay, so I'm going to insulate that a little bit. and. Um, you know, kind of get good depth because I know coaches down asking about me all week. So I was like, okay, I'm like, you're gonna hear I'm him like, yelling in your yeah, head. And I'm tired. You. You know, I'm tired. And I'm just like, and I tell myself like, and crazy because before that play, when we went back out there, um, minute or whatever to go, I was like, I, I, I want to be the difference maker this game. You know, I'm gonna do something whether it's a sack, cause fumble, interception, something. Um, and you know it. And I seen it and I turned around and I was like, I seen uh, Baker Mayfield and I just seen his eyes and he was looking, staring down the route. I was like, no way he's gonna throw this. <laughs> so, you know, I, the ball's in the air right when he did this. I said, he's about to throw this ball. So <laughs> so I knew I was right in, in great position to make the play. But obviously when the ball was, I was like, first of all, don't drop it. Don't drop it. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Um, and then also, you know, we, we call it Miller time where, you know, we're up and you don't wanna use it. You get in these situations where you see the previous teams, somebody get an interception and they're running with the ball and then somebody yeah. come punch it out. So I don't want that so good. So thank God I could, I, that was time to go down because I blacked out right when I caught the ball. I was going to say and because so like, people, people sometimes in that moment, they say they, they don't remember anything after it. No. They, they black out. Right. I mean, no. you have 66,000 people that have waited this for so long right. and, and they're just screaming and you get mobbed by the your guys and you're in the end zone i see you kind of put the arms up and you kind of take the right somebody's supposed to catch me too it. man I'm, I'm kind of upset nobody called me going back so i was gonna catch myself but no man that that moment uh meant a lot to me uh yeah. speaking of the fact of where i you know where i came from how far i've came um it's crazy and i still think you know that i have a high ceiling that though i can play make more plays like that and uh you know they come in pairs so 
Hopefully I get one this week too. But you know, um, it was a team effort. Yeah. Uh, I got to give it to my guys, my teammates. Uh, Ag calling the play. Uh, Shep emphasizing things like that throughout the week. Uh, you know, with the, the pass rush, getting in his face to make him throw the ball fast. Um, good coverage all around on the back end to open that window for make that play. So, um, you know, I give you know, a lot of credit to the, to the guys around me. And sure. I tell you what, watching this defense over the last month and a half, I mean, three things jump out to me. One, your ability to stop the run. Haven't allowed 100 yards rushing in, right. what, six games, I think now. Mm-hmm. Opportunistic. You guys with some takeaways, some key takeaways, sure. as we just talked about. And then red zone. You guys have been much, much better yeah. in the red zone. And when you put those three things together, stop the run, be good in the red zone, and be opportunistic and get some some takeaways, yeah. that, paired with what this team does offensively, right. that, that's a good formula. Um, just talk about San Francisco a little bit. Obviously, got another great matchup with a tight end here <laughs> yes. and, and, and some, some weapons, McCaffrey, the run game. Uh, just what jumps out? about them on film talk about the maybe the challenge a little bit they, yeah they, no they are. um San Fran is uh it's funny because you know at the beginning of the season and not that we were looking past any other teams but our goal was how can we continue to get better week in a week out to prepare for teams like San Fran affiliate at a point in time like right you know how can we, we have to get it right now so when those things come you know it it, it it's come sec- second nature to us. Um, but, you know, San Fran, man, got a lot of good guys over there. A lot of explosive, explosive offense, explosive defense. Um, so this is a game you have to be very detail-oriented. Mm. Uh, have to really, you know, hone in on the small details, uh, no matter what it is. Because, you know, like I explained earlier, um, it's, it's certain things that obviously you don't want to bypass anything, but it's certain things that you can be like, okay, coach, I, you, know, you know, I got it. And then you can, you know what I'm saying, sometimes get away with it. Um, but this is a game to where everybody has to be on, on point, uh, like I said. And, and San Francisco type of team that can expose those things if you're not on top of it. Um, you know, they show a lot of stuff that we haven't seen throughout the year. Obviously, we only play them. No, they're not in our, in our division, so we don't really play them at all. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, though. I, I, they have a, a really good offense, so it, we've got to bring it. It's been trending toward this matchup now. For, for sure. For, for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you guys, as soon as Philly kind of started to fade back and, and go through kind of thing, the blue the streak they did, it was pretty obvious that you guys were the, were the top two teams in the NFC. Um, when I asked Alex this, too, but I'm just curious, how much of a benefit is it having played the Rams two weeks ago? With, with some of the stuff, the motions, and maybe some of the yeah. similar styles of offense that 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 they do, the eye candy shifts, all that kind of stuff, it looks like you guys really got got a good look at that, got right. used to it, and that it happened only two weeks ago. Yeah. How much of a benefit is seeing that? Are, are, is it similar? Yeah, it's a huge benefit. Uh, we, it's crazy because I know I, when I watch film, when we watch the film against the Rams. And I'm just like, man, it's just every play. Every right. play, there's motion, there's turbo, there's and it's some indecision of, of, you know, our coverage because it's like, okay, like how are we going to play this if they motion this way or that way? Are we seeing it as a turbo? As a, so, and you, you know, can see that sometimes with your right. defense and, you know, and obviously the crowd, the noise, right. you can't communicate, <laughs> right? So yeah. now you're trying to do all this. That'll be different this week. Yeah, that'll be good. For sure. But it, it just seemed to me that maybe having that, having seen that and gone through that two weeks ago, it's, it's going to be a benefit for you guys. No, 100%. Uh, now that we've seen it, you know, we obviously emphasizing this week because they do sort of the, the same kind of thing, uh, especially in, in 21 personnel. You know, 44 is on the move almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kittle was also on the move a lot. Uh, so we just have to be very, you know, detailed when it comes to that and know what we're doing to be on the same page. I think that's the the biggest thing in this game. Um, you, you can't have one side defense think we're playing this and another side think we're playing this. So, you know, communication is key. And we were actually just talking about that tonight. So um, I know that we're going to get, get that corrected and uh, – and get it going for sure. So. And, and, you know, I appreciate you coming up after the meetings. Derek Barnes, uh, linebacker, third year. Uh, obviously, everybody knows the interception he had to end the game last week. 2021 draft class. Obviously, Penny Sewell's doing his thing, all pro, right? Yep. I'm on Ross St. Brown, all pro, doing his thing. But you know what I love about that class? That guys like yourself, guys like Aleem, uh, Afatu, Melifon, yeah. all you guys now are are such a key part of this, and and all you guys are having terrific seasons. Speaking of you, Aleem, Afatu, maybe didn't start out, you know, mm-hmm. like you guys had hope, but now in your third seasons, you guys have developed and become key parts of this football team. 
just how proud of you of, of, of that whole class as a unit that you guys have now were the were Brad's first one who's executive of the year he was named this week and awesome. now you guys are that kind of yeah. that, that 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 core piece you got you guys that class has come together really and now has a bunch of key guys that are making key plays now you know what um I just I was thinking about this the other day too it's funny you say that um you, know, you just think back at, at the beginning when we first got here um Late bloomer, guys. Uh, I feel like Mac wasn't really a late bloomer. Uh, Mac has, you know, he, he's, he's yeah, a he's star. A little, yeah, he's, he's a, he transformed right, himself though, to go yeah, to another 100%, level. You and, know, uh, you can see, man, his work. Mac, uh, I'm sorry, Mac first. His work ethic is 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 crazy. He's willing to learn. He's very coachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell by his demeanor. Uh, yes, sir. No, sir. You know, he wants to learn. Um, so, and he he's going to be, you know, one of the best in the league here soon, man. And I honestly believe that. Um, iffy, man. Uh, <laughs> Just an opportunity. That's Sometimes that's what a guy needs, a health yes, and an opportunity. For sure. And I think that was the biggest thing. Um, you know, a lot of people had this misperception of, uh, of Iffy. And, uh and and I always knew we had it, man. And it's just like you said with the injuries and and you know just getting an opportunity. Like, and it's crazy because me and Ify have actually trained together in off season. Oh, really? And I seen his work ethic there. And me and he with Alex also. And we were just like, man, he's he's just a different person, different yeah. mindset, um, the way he works. Um, and you come in that showed, like you know what I'm saying. And 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 it sucks that you know an injuries kind of you know held him back a little bit, but. Now he's healthy and ready to roll. You kind of you can see the true iffy, yeah. uh, the thing that everybody's been waiting on. And uh, and I know he had confidence in himself, to know that he can do it too. Uh, it's it's amazing, even for myself. Like just just knowing how far I've came. Um, I knew it would take time. It took time yeah. for me in college. You know, it was a point of time where you know NFL getting drafted wasn't even a thing for me. But uh, I knew that once I got it. And, and, and knew what to do and knew, you know, what I need to do to get to where I am now. Um, I knew it would come and, and you know, the ceiling is, is high for all of us and I'm excited to see, you know, how, how that all plays out in, in the future. How, sure, so. How's this week different at all? Do you try to just keep it, hey, this is, we trained a certain way, we prepared a certain way to get to this point so we don't change anything, nothing's different. Maybe a few cameras, you know, in there <laughs> right. doing this here, there. Yeah. I know you had some interviews this week, obviously. Yeah. Is that the only real difference? Is, is is it just business as usual? Yeah, I mean, you know, Dan kind of, you know, talked to us and, and, and this is that thing where, you know, you know, guys get, a couple guys get the spotlight, like, as of now, myself, um, and, and obviously you, you can enjoy it and, and all that stuff, but, at, at, at a time you you at a certain point in time you have to block that out uh because you know the job's not finished uh yeah. we have a a huge game coming up and, and and Dan just don't want guys to get distracted and I fully agree with that um and, and difference wise with scheme you know obviously there's a sense of urgency to, um that happens uh that, that's gonna happen throughout the whole throughout the whole season it's been the same uh but we just you know with us it's just we know who we are we know what we're about and we know what it's going to take to win and that shows you know the games that we won that that shows how it's going to be um and it's the same thing this week you you, you treat obviously the since urgency like i said but you you want to treat every game the same you want to prepare the same you we we treated every game like it was a super bowl because you know it, it made a difference for us yeah. um and, and we believe in ourselves and everybody in this in this building organization so you know, like I said, we know we're about, we know our identity, um, and, and now it's time to go show it once more, once again. Seems like a confident bunch this week. Yes, sir. <laughs> it should be a great game. For the sure. Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. It, it still has a nice ring to it, don't, don't it? Don't it. <laughs> well, good luck. Go yes, play sir. well. And hopefully we're, we're, we're uh, back here getting ready for, for a big one in two weeks. 100%. All right, Derek, thanks. Yes, sir.